0: Thank yeah. you.
1: And welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with my friend, Morris X. How you doing, MB?
2: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, just wonderful.
1: Just couldn't be happier to be with you on another Saturday
2: morning. It's uh, what a beautiful day it is here in Camelot. Yeah. Rainy. Yeah. Um, awesome. Awesome. Why suits, is there- the,
1: suits the mood. It suits the mood, you know.
2: Um, I guess we should get the legal stuff out of the way first. Any opinions expressed here today on inside baseball with Old Chestnut are those of Morris Sachs and do not represent the views of Liam Allen or any of the staff of inside baseball with old Chestnut or Major League Baseball.
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Thank you. I got a funny
2: feeling we might hurt a few feelings today. <laughs> I don't I don't know um what a what a fucking week, huh? Yeah, yeah,
1: it's been fun. It was fun. We were hovering around our the IBWOC, the Ibwoc witching hour, which is uh where when we sat down here, I don't know how long ago, dude. It's got to be almost 3 years now. It's got to be. It. Yeah, we're looking down the barrel of year 3. Um I think year 3ish oh. and we started at 4357 on on the SPY. Oh, uh, cool. and here we are. Fully round tripped, everything has changed. Like you said, everything has changed.
2: Think about all those dividends. Um, <laughs> I was talking to um, life coach Leslie Harris during this week. During the week, um, he and I are, are colleagues. I'm I'm not a client, although, uh, if I needed a life coach, I can't imagine I'd find a better one than Leslie. But he um, he mentioned uh, that. Apparently, there's a shortage of basis traders and macro traders, and they're throwing around big numbers to get old guys out of retirement. And for like half a second, I thought, hmm, that might be fun. Why not? Well, but there's something going on behind the scenes I didn't tell you about yet. Apparently, um, there's a retirement community in Florida a bunch of retired wall street guys and they missed the action and they're talking about buying it and bringing us down there so they could have weekly conference calls and meetings and discussions of the market. So
1: can I go home on the weekends? Like <laughs> like you did with London? Cause I mean, we've yeah. done this before. Okay. So.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, um, negotiations are ongoing. I'll, uh, I'll, um, I'll keep you posted. In the uh, in the land of uh, regulatory compliance and integrity, this was this was not a good week. I, you know,
1: for who? For who was it? Who is it a bad week for? <laughs>
2: I, I I would th- think everybody. I, I I've discovered it's a pity, in some ways, that I we don't t- do these <clears throat> podcasts when I'm exercising or riding a bike or stoned having a cup of coffee because I, I tell you what, it's it's much more creative than mm. what I can sit down with and, mm. and and point out to you. But you know, you have that poor guy, uh Sam Bankman Freed. I remember him. Suffering in a dungeon in Brooklyn. That's right. Prevented from his vegan meals yeah. and uh the anti- yeah. anti-depression medication. Um, And I was, I'm sure, as shocked as you were to understand that his parents both well-regarded people in the legal profession. I think professors in Stanford? Correct. Correct. Apparently, I, I still can't believe this myself. They were sucked into their son's nefarious activities um allegedly or or the other way around i don't know but i i gotta tell you one thing if if you're looking to kill a few minutes that larry david commercial yeah (laughs) where
1: Uh, i don't
2: don't don't. think so he knew larry nailed it (laughs) He, he, he knew how does he do it um so but another common uh criminality um goldman uh was fined $6 million for over the course of X number of years. I I don't know, something like 100 100 million million trades. i mean, sorry about that. Over the course of years. Years. But just to put in perspective, for those of you not good with math like myself, I think the postage to send out the confirms to the clients ended up being more than the fine.
1: Yeah. A parking ticket. You're paying parking
2: I It's a parking ticket. Like when you get it and you rip it up or you yeah. stick it on someone else's car, maybe they'll pay it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. And um, also, uh, I didn't get to uh, drill down, um, but uh, apparently there's some more brewing with the IMDB and Goldman. I, I didn't get to, to uh, tear through it. Um, But, uh, you know, relax, rest easy. Several of the board members of Goldman have confirmed that they're quite happy for the foreseeable future. Um,
1: Medium term, dude. They use the the words medium term. At least... (laughs) for the medium term okay so for all you folks that grew up in new york and remember the the 90s yankees dynasties which were the formative years for me i was 14 years old watching derek jeter jorge posada andy pettit mariano rivera and old chuck knoblock okay so for you folks that maybe not remember chuck knoblock had a problem he got a mental tick where he couldn't turn the routine ground ball and throw it to first base. He airmailed it into over the dugout a couple times. Like it became a thing. Like, look it up in Google, like Knobloch. And Joe Torre, the manager of the Yankees, said in the playoffs, nope, Knobloch's my guy. He's my guy. I'm sticking with him. He's he got me here. He's my guy. That was like game five. Knobloch's my guy. Game six, Knobloch's not his guy. Knobloch's not in the lineup.
2: It's it's interesting you bring that up. I find it interesting because we had that very conversation on the trading desk. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm not a major league baseball manager, but you know, the, the guy's your guy until the second he's not. And and you know, let's let's wake up here. I mean, um <laughs> what was that phrase, the medium term?
1: Yeah, the medium term, at least for the medium term. <laughs> yeah. As
2: uh, as um, our friend Leslie likes to say, mom's on the roof. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is a long joke, which mm-hmm. we don't need to go through. But uh, um, people keep saying, well, the stock has performed. The stock has performed. I mean, uh, fine. That's number one. Number two, I, I don't know how it's performed compared to JP Morgan or how it's Performed to Bank America or um any other mortgage
1: Stanley. I think Morgan, Morgan Stanley, Stanley is the one that they hold it up against. Um yeah, yeah. that's the side. But,
2: side. Uh, regardless, um stocks, keep in mind there's no one worse at stocks than me. The book says stocks are the present value of the future cash flows of the company at some discount rate. Well. DJ sells wrecking the company today that should affect future cash flows but like i said don't don't ask me about my predictions about stocks i'm mm-hmm. i've been continuing to be narrowed by the misses into the area of fixed income you know <laughs> stick with stick with what you know i
0: yeah,
2: I, have, yeah. I have a dear dear friend michael daly who was the long bond trader at continental bank when i first started That's when I was the short agency trader at Continental Bank. Mike uh, has a delightful wife, Carmen. And uh, after the bank collapsed, Mike made an incredibly savvy career move. And he moved over to the Chicago Board of Trade and became a uh, broker for Payne Weber, I think. And he, he... did extraordinarily well. He's he's like you. He's just a guy that everyone's going to like. He's got that just that gift of gab. Um, wonderful guy. We've kept in touch all these years, which is not true f- with me for most people. Um, but his, he had his own little personal trading account on the floor. And I guess he would come home from time to time and moan about he lost a bit of money. And uh, his wife, Carmen, would say very precinctly, if you're not gonna make money, don't trade.
1: <laughs> Cut it out.
2: <laughs> well, that rule still still applies. Simple rules but, like that, dude. <clears throat> Simple rules like that that should be applied. <laughs> pretty good. I saw my uh Ralph Jerry
0: mm-hmm. uh uh
2: recently. Um you know, I'm I know and I've been tickled pink to know that he and his wife um <clears throat> Sherry listen. Um, Sherry has become a uh, denizen of the two-year notes. Um, I probably wouldn't even have, uh, mentioned Jerry, uh, and just talked about Sherry, except Jerry gets what we call in the business, the free plug. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Um, in any event, uh, they settled in nicely around a 505 COB Friday, mm-hmm. uh, I feel pretty good. I I think. Um, you want to talk about the tenure? What would you like to talk about? I
1: don't know. Everybody else wants to talk about it. I I feel like the tenure has gotten all all the the headlines this week, whereas whereas our beloved two year has uh, has not been paid attention to as as much as it should be.
2: Well, so we. I'm happy. You know, I'm happy to talk about many things. In fact, a little later, I would like to seriously. Who was the um, the black the basketball player, Nike guy who uh, was fined or suspended for anti-Semitic comments?
1: Was that I don't, know. I don't know. Basketball player. Yeah,
2: he liked the shoes and the Nike. Not Michael Jordan. No, 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 no. Like recent.
1: I don't know. I don't pay attention to that stuff. I got nothing on that. Google it while I'm telling some story. And you,
2: you I'm afraid some- to touch anything. Know, see, last time yeah. I did, we blew a blew the fucking episode. Uh, Kanye West is that the guy's name? Yeah,
1: but he's not a he's a rapper. Yeah. What about him? Yeah, he's oh. he's washed up has been.
2: We don't. What what did he do? He he hasn't oh, news recently, has he? I just want to make sure I got the right guy. Yeah, he's the one with the sneakers. Yes, and- yes, he does have
1: sneakers with Adidas. He has an Adidas. He he's, has okay. an Adidas shoe deal. Yes, yeah.
2: and he got. They got stuck with nasty things about the Jews. Correct. Correct. I I just wanted to bring up one little known fact. In fact, I had to actually dig to find this. So do your own research. But there's this association called the NAACP,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: the National Association Mm
1: -hmm. for... Colored Persons. Yep. National National Association for the Advancement of Colored Persons. Yes.
2: Oddly enough, there were many Jews involved in the uh, creation of that organization. I believe that. Well, I didn't, because why would they speak so poorly of us if we helped them Get something going but, a but different, I world now. A different world
1: yeah but that was formed in what the 40s and 50s when you know they they both faced similar persecution from a common enemy you know maybe that was the and they had the power of the print did they have the newspapers did your people run the papers and they aligned with the blacks and they they said let's go we'll we'll work on this together this is a similar a
2: similar no, story. No, I, I guess it depends what tact you want to take i i i more of the this is what I been, want to talk about. Sure, I, I definitely
1: want to have. I definitely want to put my take on the spot on the on the history of the end of ACP alignment no, with, I, with the I, with the I, Jews. This is what I want to talk about. on Saturday morning.
2: You know, Jesus. I just look. I build calling? this out. I build this out as a non-political. Okay, <laughs> but I I, I just. You know, facts are facts, and and for whatever reason, at one point, some Jewish people went out of their way to help some Black people. I I don't know how you can spin that into a bad thing. Yet, I guess that's not common knowledge amongst Kanye and his crew. And and we don't have to talk about any more than that because um, I can tell already it's making you a little comfortable. But <laughs> you know, don't worry. If you're going to come after anyone, come after me. You'll never <laughs> catch Liam, okay? Yeah, he speaks 12 languages. He knows every local custom.
1: I really do. With yeah. any luck,
2: he's already got the grail, okay?
1: Yeah. <laughs> you want me to move on? No, yeah, no, no. At least we've covered we got Kanye, off the, we got Kanye off the list. Um, geez.
2: um Let's talk about uh, a, a fan favorite. By the way, there was so much stuff going back and forth last week. I never laughed so hard in my life. <clears throat> there, I believe, on that cesspool, you traffic in Twitter. Yeah, someone mentioned the comment about a rogue wave, <laughs> which it made my it might have been my month. And if that, I I don't know how that Twitter thing works. But it looked like the person who put it up there might have been a fellow named John Hempton. Yep. John Hampton had a good
1: comment about not having a chapter about Didn't write oh. another, said something about not writing another
2: book after he went to zero. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very good. Um, for full disclosure, I I know John Hempton. I mean, I haven't spoken to him in a number of years. Um, uh, funny story uh he kind of went mano a mano with bill ackman in herbal life
0: mm-hmm.
2: um i don't know what whether either of them won or lost but hempton um is a smart guy there there's there's no doubt about that um i for a while had some money with them um and uh i i think they did fine he unlike my other hedge fund manager had the good taste to give me my money back when i asked for it um i i just it wasn't a, a question of performance i i think john and his uh colleague whose name escapes me i i think they're very very competent people i just decided i would pay myself the 2 and 20 uh yep. and and kind of get market rates of return yeah uh, but he's he's a he's a good guy, and I was delighted to see that at least at some level he was was following along. But that rogue wave thing, that, <laughs> that just too fucking much. I, I, there's part of me as a human being to what's the what word am I looking for? Just delight in someone else's misfortune. A shot I think they're shot Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but when you hold yourself out to be a fucking expert on something and don't you can't find your ass with both hands i mean i actually you know i have a copy of that book right so it wasn't long after the end of the podcast that i dug it out and i was looking to see if there was actually a chapter on rogue waves good Good. I bet he sold some books this week. <laughs> well, I have a first edition. I was trying to figure out how I could get him to autograph it. Because that would be, that would really be worth something. But um, anyway, um, I was having a, a pleasant conversation with our friend um, Anthony Peters. Mm-hmm. and um, He apparently did get the John Wick reference about the puppy and the car although he didn't delight in it as much as you and I did but um, um have you seen john wick 4 I have
1: not I have not I apologize 3 No I know nothing nothing's oh. you're mad you're disappointed I know, <laughs> I, know.
2: Oh. I
1: know I can see it I know I know
2: Fredo oh. But he said there was something in it for me Mikey <laughs> I mean, I've been, I've been,
1: I've been burdened with homework this week. I'm reading about the yen. I got to read about the yen now. I got to pay attention to the over. I got to pay attention to Japan overnight. Where am I? Gonna, where do I find time
2: to watch John Wick? <laughs> well, you know, it's a small table where the big boys eat, right? Look at where you look at how far. I know. I know. I didn't want to homework acorn, though. <laughs> From the tiny acorn,
1: right? I know. I know
2: thank you thank you i um, know all right i'll get back on track here are saying this right. just apparently i'm picking topics you don't want to talk about how about we talk about kathy wood no um, she's, she's underperformed the nasdaq by
1: 200 she's off the list dude don't don't give her the time of day who's next
2: oh my god <laughs> okay all right all right okay. no, no no
1: no let's go we'll give her no, five
2: I, It. it Am I right? Somebody wrote me something, and I wanted to find it because they did a nice job of summarizing it. But, um, you know, what with the catastrophic demise of my heads up display. um, (laughs) Let's see. So uh like you got
1: dude, we'll call your your heads up display the F thirty-five. Okay, you, you've got a fucking F thirty-five for a display where two thousand feet you gotta eject. <laughs>
2: okay. Yeah, and then they can't find it for three days. <laughs> um, well, anyway, I had this nice thing talking about Kathy's performance that was written by a very talented man and um, I've I, got one. I've got I've got a nice two
1: nice, and, and and it's from the cesspool of Twitter, and it's a guy named Tom Hearden. Okay. Okay. CM CNBC posts that that CNBC does their advert advert for for her being on at four o'clock, and Tom Hearden comes out and says, "ETF manager who trails the Nasdaq by nearly two hundred percent since inception, still the beneficiary of free publicity." Okay.
2: Like that. Like that.
1: Dude, I'll say it again. The ARC Funds complex does not have a functioning compliance department. She went on TV last night to pump the sock and then sold it today. So she, she—that's what she does, dude. People like stop paying attention, but she still goes on. I love Tesla. Tesla to four million, and then they post her trades of the day, and she dumped, you know, seventy-seven thousand shares of Tesla
2: that day. Yeah, yeah. You no. Flag
1: can't do that, right? You can't do that. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, in the world that I grew up in, you can, okay? Because, like, as far as I, I've never, you know, the only reason I know you don't can't do that is because you you talk about how you you can't talk your book, and they used to guys used to get in trouble for that, and now she does it on TV, dude.
2: Well, look, uh, these people are all lawyered up pretty good, as you see, right? So um, and 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 I'm not a lawyer, but I was thinking recently how um, you know we come on and chat pretty much once a week for a long time and I'm pretty cavalier about things I say I I'm not that worried about um, uh, the legal aspect of it. Um, I'm unusual because I I dare you to show me a podcast that doesn't have some boilerplate disclaimer, right? I figure like I know what I'm talking about, and if it doesn't work out, but but I did start thinking about is a they call it a Gedanken experiment. It's a it means thought experiment. So, anyway, you know uh, I've been pumping the the idea of owning the two year note. Is a is a safety element, right? And uh, you know, I was thinking to myself, well, what happens if someone says, "Well, Morris said buy the two-year you note, know and it went from uh, four seventy-five to six, and I lost half a point. We're gonna we're gonna sue Morris." And I started trying to drill down into the memory bank, uh, and Um, The reason I don't worry about treasury securities is my recollection is they're called unregulated securities, meaning they don't fall under the uh, purview of the impotent SEC. Um, They are issued by the treasury. Unlike a stock or uh, NFT, joking uh that that there's different rules that apply and i was kind of wondering why should there be uh a, a difference um between a treasury and a stock and and this is merely just me letting my thoughts wander mm-hmm. if you find it boring i apologize but maybe something accretive creative will come out of it but so if you take money out of your pocket and you look at the dollar or whatever, it says Federal Reserve note. Well, it's an obligation of the United States government, which is the same thing as a two-year treasury note. So by saying buy the two-year, I don't know that it's a whole lot different than me saying buy some dollars.
1: No, but I think you've been so careful, and you've—I bet you've never said by the two year. I bet you've never said it. I think you've been so pro, and said, and you've prefaced anything you've ever said with "for me" or "this is what I would do." Yeah, I okay. think you've built in your your protection by never. I don't think you've ever said by the two year. You might have said I like, or it looks attractive, yeah. or I bought. Or I did this, but I think that legal would be like, absolutely not. Dismissed. Your uh,
2: yeah, I I do it. I think more out of a emotional self defense mechanism. I I don't want to And the and, and, yeah. and
1: I'll tell you what, dude. That's what like I'm not I'm not gonna blow our own horn, but like that's what the audience likes. They it's your personal. You know, you're not pumping the book and you're not saying by the two years, you're, you're saying I'm doing it and here's why. And I talked about it and this is why and I've been doing it. And it gives it It's just a glimpse into your personal move. And that's, I think, negates any sort of legal liability. You're talking about your experience, your move. You're not pumping a, a business or a fund or, you know, anyone right. else's money. OK. And I think I, I mean, that's why I like it. You appreciate know.
2: appreciate that. You know, I don't want to fuck up this Florida deal. It could be some mucho bucko for you and me. <clears throat> you did mention the 10-year note, okay? Yeah. So, um if I can read this correctly, the 10-year note closed at a 4.436. And um for the last several weeks I've mentioned to you how you know the shape of the curve to me I'm 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 struggling with that and I think the front end for the most part is very, very well uh anchored in this five percent range. And and just give me a 25 basis point range. Okay. You know, call a five and a quarter to uh four and three quarters. But that kind of does beg the question: what what do you do with the curve when it's flat like this. And it it comes down to a question of how much duration or price risk, right? Price risk do you want to take? And so that leads us down some interesting paths. And um, as you know, uh, I traffic in that Nasty corner of the universe called the municipal bond market. Again, it's it's very dangerous. I, I you know, when I go, I'm heavily armed. I've uh, yep. got a tracker. Mm-hmm. I've got an extraction team ready. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have been able to buy um, institutional size in the municipal bond market out in the tenure area it's six and a half percent now that's that's triple tax free meaning you don't pay tax so i understand are you with me okay so for me being an triple, unloved retired, triple, triple, triple triple state local federal triple right?
1: tax rate yeah shock that appeals to you
2: yeah um but the point I want to make here a couple points. One is I'm an unlevered retired guy. So, the mark, I look, the mark drives me nuts just as much as anybody else. But I know that I've done my homework on the credit worthiness of the bonds. It may or may not agree with those credit rating agencies, but we know how good they are. When we saw what Downgrade. they did during yep. the, the the banking crisis, right? so they're worthless. Yep. But, you know, me and my little cabal of uh nefarious actors in the dark I met, met that guy yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: let's <laughs> well, just Bob right? Is Bob the Bob the muni guy?
2: <laughs> um he might be he might yeah.
1: be Ooh. I had to check to see if I had my wallet after I met that guy.
2: <laughs> did you meet King?
1: No, I did not yet. Geez, uh, they, they, they operate in pairs. They're a
2: team. They're, it's a good cop, bad cop thing. Good grief. <laughs> like King will say, I got some of these. What do you think? Oh, they're really, really, really good. Uh, yeah. Let me talk to Bobby. Bobby, what do you think? Yeah, they're they're pretty good. I like them. I like them. It's the good cop, bad cop thing, and I always end up fucking buying it, which is just, <laughs> I don't know. The problem is nine times out of ten that it works, right? So yeah. I I'm not, so what
1: are you doing? You're getting state of California at six percent or something like that?
2: No. Um again, uh no, and I won't comment um, <laughs> but there's a whole uh world out there uh that you know, if you do your homework, I think you can get some pretty attractive things. Now, um I'm I'm not gonna find it right away, but stay with me here. So I had our highly talented and well underpaid web mistress post on our website ibwok.com, a chart of the uh spy or the s&p futures and um god if i can't find it i'm going to be really pissed
1: dude the government couldn't find the fucking plane for 3 years this is a you know don't worry about it. like you- i know a10 warthog that thing is reliable <laughs> oh
2: I, I i'm i'm almost there
1: yeah for the oh. list it looks like a bloomberg it looks like a bloomberg terminal page if you can yes. okay there we go thank you
2: so um do you have it up in front of you or do you know what i'm talking about i do it, i do have it right okay. I do. Okay. I got it. so so what this is for those of you Um, Go to
1: www.ibwoc.com or insidebaseballwitholdchestnut.com, scroll down one thumb press, and you'll see September 22nd, 2023, Bloomberg says. And there's your chart,
2: all right? Okay. Now, there's a lot going on here. So, um, in, in all seriousness, for those of you not familiar with the concept of forward pricing, this might be pretty accretive to you. So I'd like to take a little time and try and explain this because um, uh, it 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 is one of the bedrock foundation of my investment decision-making. Okay. So don't be intimidated because these are futures or anything like that. What we have here is the contract for um, the... S&P 500 index future, okay? Don't worry about that. Let's look at the prices, okay? Futures trading involves risks, blah, blah, blah. So the current level of the S&P index is the top left corner in green, 4353. 0.32. That's yep. the last chain. Okay. So if you pull all the way with your eyes to the right, you'll see four three, three zero spot zero zero. That's known as the settle. So that's where at the end of the trading day, you know, all the contracts get priced. As you go down, that's, we move further out the delivery month of the futures contract. So basically, um, every uh, level you go down, you're going down a three-month period of time. So you go from spot, which is 4330, to December 2023, which is 4372, to March 2024, which is 4421.50. You with me so far? Yep. Okay. So <clears throat> if you think it's a happenstance that that's three months each move, that's not a coincidence. Financial futures trade in quarters, March, um, June, 70s. And the thing I want to point out to you here is, is a couple things. One is the concept of forward price. And the second is what, in some people's views, is the market predicting what the the price of the SPY is going to be. That's a separate debatable topic, but we'll set that aside for now. So um, basically, if you buy the December contract, that settled at 43.72, okay. With the amount of the cost to carry, three months later, the future has to be at 4421, spot 50. So it went from 43.72 to 42 uh forty four twenty one fifty. Mm-hmm. Meaning if um how do I want to put this? Meaning that's the the market has to go up to that price for you to um uh break even. So that that's what happens with these things that Now that interest rates are high enough, you have an alternative. Mm -hmm. Remember the phrase, Tina, there is no alternative? Of course. So now, if instead of having your money in the SPYs, you had it in the two-year note at 5%, right? You'd be earning your 5%, you wouldn't have any SPYs. An uh, alternate way of looking at it is that the spys have to go up 5% a year for you to be indifferent now i can already hear to
1: be indifferent to be indifferent
2: be indifferent i can already hear kevin Muir shaking his head to be fair you need to take the 5% to your note and subtract out the dividend on the stocks yeah because okay. it's the margin, because you own the stock so you you get the dividend okay but as an object, level of less than a forward price, if you're buying stocks, they have to go up 5%. They have to be up actually 10%, five times two. They have to be up 10% in two years for you to be indifferent between owning them yeah. and owning a riskless to your note. Yeah, And that's this concept of the forward price. So anytime I look at buying an investment. What I'll do is I'll say, you know, what's what's my comeback yield? Meaning, if I buy this today and I own it for a year, what yield do I own it at a year later when I deduct my cost to carry from my um, uh, income earned on the investment? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm doing this a little ham-handed, but. You know, I just, with the writer's strike and all. Um, uh, so there's a bunch of things going on here, and um, it's hard to keep it straight in my head, but I think we're at a very unique confluence of events. So uh, you can ask just about anybody, including um, my uh, brother, Uncle Mark, They'll tell you they think equities are rich at this point. And I mean, I always think they're rich, but let's just let's just set that aside. The experts think that they're somewhat expensive. There's been a proliferation of uh, securities that involve the selling of options the short selling of options. And if you recall last week's edition, we introduced you to James Cordier, who had some bad experience. He was captaining a 400-foot yacht with his hands on the steering wheel, making small turns, because if you know they're making big turns, you know something's wrong. And they got hit with a rogue wave, right? Well, anyway, if you look at pretty much anything that they trade options on, the cost of the option known as the implied volatility is very, very low. Um, Big Ed was kind enough to send you and I a chart that showed the amount of assets under management that involved these short option volatility selling vehicles. You know, I have a a firm law about not selling options. Mm -hmm. And we went through a minor tutorial last week about, you know, why shorting short dated options are really the the worst things uh, to short because they're mispriced. And if they move, the the moves can be quite dramatic. So I'm, I'm talking around in circles, but I... I see, as I said, it's confluence of events, okay? Now, you have an overpriced market. You have very low option volatility. And you've got people constantly selling volatility anytime it ticks up. Now, um, again, I, I don't know that I'll find it, but a a, a, um, a listener sent in something to us and it talked about how at the end of last week there was a problem at the chicago port options exchange Mm -hmm. they had um uh some problem with matching of trades they had to break a bunch of trades um so this situation is not seamless In, in the old days when things weren't automated if you got into a fast market or, or, or you were unsure about your position, um, you, you could take a time out and figure it out, right? Now, there's so many things that are uh, automated. Um, if something goes south, it, it goes south and it's it's irreparable, which is why uh, you may now understand why I sent you that story about night trading, which if you don't know about this, uh, in 2008, was it something? There was a company that used algorithmic trading. And uh, long story short, there was a programming error, there was a problem. And next thing you know, uh, Rich Handler and Jeffries had to come in and bail them out, bankrupt. In And I remember, uh, I was at 515 with EG and Robbie, Watching this unfold, okay. It it just this this in minutes. This company was bankrupted because of the computer problem.
1: August twenty twelve trading error lost four hundred and sixty million
2: bucks. Okay, so that's eleven years ago. Yep. Yep. So so that's not as big a deal, as it? was today but it's still a shit ton of cash right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay so stay with me here um see how i want to approach this um so basically there's a real life example of what happened when the computers run amok right yeah now come to present day and whatever complexity there was in the market back then, it's an order of magnitude larger now, including these zero-day options. So we've already seen a real-life example of what happens when something, when something goes wrong. And um, what I want to kind of bring up the point, and this is getting over my skis a little bit, but I mean, hey... It's just two guys. We're just talking here, right? No one's doing nothing. We're just talking here. So back then, uh, I like to use the story with my friend, uh, Shannon Day, who's a, a learned to become a pilot. The computers on airplanes, at least when we were in the business, they were run by very... Um, old technology chips back like like a 486 chip i don't even know if you know what that is it's sort of the equivalent like the 2032 battery Mm
1: -hmm.
2: yeah yeah i understand oh okay and you know back then they were they were wicked fast now the it's like a dinosaur but they're reliable They're bomb-proof, okay? There's trillions of hours of processing done on them, and they're they're foolproof, right? Well, again, thinking outside the box, we've got a whole new generation, multiple generations of chips. Because I remember not that long ago, people started using the video cards in computers to do Trading because the video card processors were faster than the processing yeah. chip. Okay. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Wall Street's always looking for an edge. So now I'm sure they've got these NVIDIA chips out the yin-yang doing all these trades based on a computer program. And, you know, it's, it's all good, right? It's all good till until it's not. And um, I don't know what made me think of this, and I don't know if it's even related, but seeing its old chestnut, and we people like to hear about the old days, um, you have all these computers with all these cutting-edge chips, which, you know, They get faster because they get smaller. The distance travels get smaller, right? So I'm guessing these things aren't like lead pipes. These things are not. These things got to be dainty. And why would I care? Why would you care, right? I got two words to say to you. Zinc whiskers. I I know. I know. What? Like, like, I, I wonder what it's like when you come in in your room and never knowing what's going to come out of my mouth next.
1: Yeah. It's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I wait till the show's over, but Google it. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: One day I'm sitting at Greenwich capital minding my own business. We were probably watching old school, mm-hmm. you know, ring the bell, you pansy. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden I hear something that sounds like a gunshot. And we look around. And uh Sevi stands up and says, My my consum my computer just died. And his screen was black. Mm-hmm. And you know, SWAT team, you know, Mike Whittiak had the old computer out, the new computer in. It was like changing tires at a Formula One kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And especially for Sevi. Sevi is an artist like he's extraordinary trader extraordinary trader but he's an artist and you don't uh, don't tap the glass right so if there's somebody's got a problem everything else stops until okay so bang this thing happens mike's in okay we go back to work i don't know it's like five or six minutes later bang My computer goes out, they find another unit and the rest of the day goes on. And it's like trying to figure out what's the probability that it's a coincidence that two computers blow up, right? And of course, the probability is that it's a coincidence is zero, right? So these guys in back, very talented guys. I think Lawrence Skeets, maybe, um, scratching their head. And uh, this goes on for a while. I mean, not weeks, but, but a number of days. And they discovered what happened was these little bits of iron or uh, metal filings mm-hmm. were somehow getting into the power supply of the computer. And it, it would blow up the power supply and kill the computer, right? So, uh, how how right? You're with you're with me. It's like how can this fucking thing been happening, right? Well, um, you new kids don't know about the way the old trading floors used to work. So, um, for a large part of the last ten years the floors would be raised so it would be a false floor mm-hmm. you'd have pieces of metal okay which supported the floor and then on top of the floor you would have metal plates so there was a space under the floor
0: mm-hmm. and
2: that accomplished a couple of things one was you could run the cabling so it looked really nice it was very seamless and it it wasn't just for aesthetics it 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 made the the space usage very efficient and space space on a trading floor is always very tight secondly um because trading floors are so big and in most instances they were never built as trading floors they're repurposed office buildings um what they just dis- discovered they could do is they sort of pressurize the floor and that way they can direct air conditioning right through the mm-hmm. through these so-called vents right but what was happening was and you've been in an office you've seen they have like that carpet squares so like if a carpet square gets wrecked they just take it out and they put a new one and it matches perfectly sure. yeah so you've got the, the cement, then you have the raised floor with the steel rods, whatever. On top of it sit these square metal plates, and then on top of that is the carpet. Well, it looks perfect, but everyone's walking around on these things. And and the rubbing yeah. and the air blowing around, all of a sudden, these zinc whiskers start collecting on. My part of the trading floor, yeah anyway, short story long, we they figured out fix it problem problem solve. but like, who would fucking know right? like I'm telling you right now of the people listening to this podcast, I'd be shocked if fifteen people know about this thing yeah, right yeah. 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 Where does that leave us? So we have very cheap volatility. We have a very expensive stock market. We have huge uh, sellers, active sellers of volatility. You have a ton of active programming programmed to sell vol. And you have these computer networks that people assume are bulletproof. You know, I mean, in your trading career, I recall you having a couple of times having a little trouble getting logged on to your account. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I suspect that wasn't a great feeling dude it's the
1: worst yeah dude yeah. computers you can't fight the computer if the computer says error retry and you can't retry yeah
2: to, yeah to tell you how maybe this varies between people or whatever but i ran redundant systems in my home from greenwich capital because where we're at, the cable lines, it's intermittent, it's not great. So we ran a couple of T1 lines to my house so that we were spending, you know, a couple of hundred grand a year, just in case something bad happened. Plus we have a disaster recovery full thing and we dry run tests, right? You know, there's a there's a shot. Something goes wrong here. Yeah, and it is going to be fucking Armageddon. Yeah. So, um, that guy
1: uh, sent that email. You want me to read you the email about the Seabot thing? You want me to read it?
2: Um, just don't mention his name.
1: Oh, I know, I know, I know. Uh, caught wind of an interesting event today where quotes got blown out on spx causing many traders to get stopped out of positions at extremely unfavorable terms for the traders not the exchange of course eventually most trades were adjusted but still ultimately at unfavorable terms and only a few trades were actually busted the users experiencing this problem were largely retail traders short zero data expiry options which use Bots algorithms to trade automatically. These bots got triggered by the bad marks and placed limit orders near the mid, which mar- market makers were happy to fill. I thought this was an interesting example of a rare event that screws over short option sellers and the asymm- asymmetry of risk between retail and institutions, where the terms of the bust were ex- entirely determined at the discretion of the exchange. Yeah, and here's what C, C- uh, Chicago Board of Exchange had to say about it post mortem. Uh, CBOE Options Exchange, SPXW Matching Engine Process Failover. On Thursday, September 21st, the SPXW Matching Engine experienced a software-related failure, after which the secondary SPXW Matching Engine took over automatically and was online and available for trading as of 9.34 Eastern Time. Following successful recovery to the secondary Matching Engine, SPXW Order Processing Latencies increased above typical levels. Additionally, SPXW auctions conducted on the secondary matching engine, utilized matching engine timestamps as opposed to NIC timestamps, blah, 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 blah. blah. Corrective action. Let me read you the corrective action. CBOE's software engineering team is developing a patch for the software defect.
2: There was a blowout. (laughs) Did you actually hear the order? (laughs) So, um, you know, I've noticed... uh, with great delight, that many of the listeners like when we look under the hood of how these financial markets work. So um, just so you know, um, the members of the exchange, that they have an attitude. And they're the member. If you're a client, you're not the member. So guess who's getting fucked? Um, I I don't remember whether it was Charlie D or Johnny Musso or whatever, but um, a a new uh, broker came in the pit and um, Johnny or or, uh, whoever was bidden and the broker hit a local. Sold it to a local trader. But Johnny was a member. And when Johnny didn't get the trade, he took his badge up and said it to the guy, he says, look, this is what I paid $250,000 for. I'm the member. You trade with me. So, you know, they they have an attitude about it's their club. Yeah. And they make up the rules. Kinda on the fly, they have this thing. I don't know if it still exists, but they used to call it the pit committee. Like if there was a problem,
0: mm-hmm.
2: they would kind of, you know, yeah, fix it. Yeah. Um. By the way, I I my Latin's not very good. What does post mortem mean? After dead. <laughs> after death.
1: Yeah. yeah, after death. Okay. Post mortem. We're gonna do a post mortem here. <laughs>
2: so I mean, I know. Th- We've done a, a B-minus job of linking all these things together. But this technology, man, you got to be careful. You got to be really fucking careful. And I don't think, well, first of all, I'm convinced the the SEC, Gary Gensler, those people, I, they don't have the skill set, nor the bravado, nor the... Uh, intellectual and intestinal fortitude to calm a crisis. But it it's just what we talked about statistics. You can't have a five standard deviation event six times a year, but we do. Yep. And one of these things is going to happen and it's going to be something weird and there won't be a patch in time. And, you know, the guys are going to go home they may especially like a long, short guy, he finds out like half his position got unwound and half didn't. So now he's not long short. He's just longer short. And we saw that happen when uh, MF Global went out. People got their account frozen so their futures were stuck mm-hmm. that they had, but the cash side kept moving around. and so anyway, um, uh, unlike most, uh, podcasts, we urge caution and, uh, yeah. Unless you want to, unless you want to load up on those, uh, those
1: Splunk options, you see that a listener wanted to talk about, uh, the Splunk option, oh, yeah. which, which obviously are we allowed to discuss that as member yeah. of, um, of the Splunk cycling team? I'm not a member. Okay. <laughs>
2: I'm not a member of Splunk Cycling. I did no. not,
1: and uh, you know what? I am not either because I, you know, I bought the kit and I could not go out on the road with that road with that word on my back. I'm sorry, CA. I was proud to ride for CA. Don't
2: fill everybody in on us. Okay,
1: all right. So, so the the, the 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 cycling team, and I'm using air quotes team. Okay, we used to have a friend. Can I, I'll say his name, Mike Reguar, who ran CA. So oh, Mike so Mike, Fortune Mike, was, one of, the group. Mike was the, one of the guys. And instead of this ragtag bunch of misfits running around wearing all different, we got night, he, Mike went out and got us beautiful kits. Used to put together events. So we all rode for CA. All right. CA got CA got bought. The team Splunk became the new, the new uh, flag bearer for the team. Okay. That's when Morris and I had departed. We had left. We, 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 you know, we got a little bit too popular for that group. We had to form our own, you know Um, we were, we were on the Leadville. We were doing Leadville. These guys are just a little bit more of a local outfit, if you will. Um, Whereas we were doing, you know, nationwide events. So anyway, (laughs) CA CA becomes slunk, Splunk. Okay. I can't, I don't even like saying it. CA becomes Splunk. All right. Computer software, AI. All right. And so I pay attention to Splunk, and I watch the price, and da, 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 da. but lo and behold, this week, Splunk got bought by Cisco, and somebody on Wednesday bought the, the 127 strike price options or something for four cents, and they went to $17, and they made a, a, a billion dollars that day. Like nailed it, nailed it on the nose. Okay.
2: What a coincidence!
1: What a coincidence! And so one of the somebody sent it to me, and they were like, "Can you ask Morris what he thinks this?" I was like, "Yeah, it's insider trading." What do you want? To do? What do you want me to tell you? Like, I don't know what it looks like.
2: <laughs> it, this is one of the things that truly indicates to me just how incompetent the government is, because I'm telling you, it couldn't be easier to find out who did it. It, it, it literally. There's lots of ways you can do these things and make them hard to find. I I don't. I mean, what do you need like a a dead body with the gun and the guy holding the gun? I I don't I don't understand.
1: Don't even bother him. I'll be fascinated like that. No, one... I,
2: I do actually. I do. I do know what happened. It was Nancy Pelosi's husband, <laughs> so it's okay. Yeah. Oh, you want to do
1: some politics? You want to touch on politics? <laughs>
2: yeah, no, I, I think we have
1: that. ten. We got ten more minutes. We got we got ten minutes. Do you want to talk about Joe? <laughs> I, I, no. Go on. You have some thoughts. Let's hear them
2: about President Biden. Uh,
1: no, dude, I don't even want to. Not today. It's we're, we had a nice show. Let's no, not. I,
2: I, I, I... I don't like talking about politics. It just upsets people. It
1: does. It's upsetting, dude. It is. Um, Oh, oh, So now we're going to have the, um, since we have to pay attention to this bullshit, dude, the government default. Okay. We're going to have, not the default, not the default. Uh, The government shutdown is now coming. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to do the government shutdown. That's what we're going to have to talk about all week because, you know, the House of Representatives is gone. And now we're, we're looking down a a 90% probability of a shutdown coming that's gonna that hijacks the news cycle you know,
2: this- don't even just maybe it's age but like the government default thing the government shut down you you know the the only thing in the news that is of I thought uh, interest that hadn't occurred to me was what you sent me involving the uh, auto worker strike and I'm not I'm not taking sides. I just want to point out something that hadn't occurred to me, which I think you sent me this morning. The point, and correct me if I don't get this right, but the problem, the more they pay the guys, the less jobs there's going to be. Right? Did did I get that right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, at some point, you know, where do you find that inflection point? And I don't know how far you can be from there. So I, I, that was just one of those things that that in, interests me. Um, one other thing I thought was worth mentioning, only because it, it validates something I've been saying for a long time, was, um, you know how I've said to you these economic numbers become more spurious around turning points in the economy. And there was something in grants uh, that uh, he put out in his daily thing. Um, it was the conference board leading economic index, which aims to capture significant turning points in the business cycle and near-term growth trajectory, fell on a sequential basis yet again in August. So. One of my old things to repeat it is when you look at economic releases, they they use seasonal adjustments, and as the economy starts to change direction, okay, these numbers get to be you know spurious is the term, but they become more uh, unpredictable. That may be a better word, and um, to me. It's an indication that, you know, the economy's slowed, we're in a recession. And then the thing with Jim Grant on September 22nd, uh, the conference board index kind of said something similar to what we've been talking about. So um, to go back to the position situation, you know, my conflict continues to be the short term rate is very high. The long-term rate is the long-term rate. I don't want to say whether it's high or low, because I, I I don't I don't know which way it's gone. But for someone like myself that's not levered, there's alternatives now, and they're they're very attractive. And when you start thinking about where do investments have to be in a year, two years, three years from now. Um, and you start pricing in these higher yields, it might give you a, 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 um, a different attitude. Just one quick example. Um, so, And again, it would be better if I knew more about what I talked about, or if I wrote some of it down. But over time, many of these pension funds have developed a shortfall because of the declining rate, and um, so it's been harder to earn money to cover their future liabilities. And one thing that's been happening is with the rise in the rate, they've been able to, or have the option of rebalancing their portfolio from equities into fixed income, which if that gains traction, that would be a very large that would very be a very large number. So um, again, we urge caution, you know, I, I've got very liquid stuff. I do have, uh, you know, um, a, a significant commitment to that long end of the municipal market. Not that I'm recommending that for anyone. Uh, I own them with the plan on holding them to maturity. Um, they're not liquid um why don't, start,
1: why don't you start knuckling around in some spy options so that we can do you know an in-depth analysis of that trade maybe next week
2: um do you know something or are you teasing me because i i i have been, been knuckling around in. Those. excuse me no i so where bob and john work there's this really nice lady named virginia here we go <laughs> and so back when i was sucked into that gold trading vortex yeah i could tell i just made her and her her colleague nora just so uncomfortable because you know I, in in my pond i i can be a, a medium sized fish right yes A yes. relative To their pond, this was like a big fish, and I could just tell they just weren't comfortable because, you know, you make an error, it it leaves a mark, right? I understand, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, I did buy some SPY puts on Friday. Um, You know, I could just tell poor Virginia was just sitting there saying, I wish she'd just leave me alone. (laughs) I just, (laughs) I wish she would just, just go away please. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I've got this little B in my bonnet and I won't to be able to do the math right, but it's just very generically. I think if you buy at the money puts on the SPY, which is the, the exchange traded fund, I think, I think, do your own math. I think that the stock market only has to go down 4% in the next 6 months for you to break even. It I want to say it might even be closer to 2%, but I don't I don't remember and I don't I, don't, I can't do the math right now, but uh it's pretty cheap. It's if if you want to roll the dice,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and as I s- said before like When I was in uh, uh, New Zealand coming back and Ed and I were figuring out that the COVID thing was happening, um, I remember coming back, sitting right where I'm sitting now, unwinding everything. And I remember saying to somebody, never in my life have I been able to get out of an entire position at the best prices when I was in a hurry to get out. Yeah. Yeah. And it worked out. I mean, I, I fucked a little bit out of it up, but it worked out to be pretty good. And I'm kind of feeling the same way here, where you like, you look at this thing, and you go, "Let's say the inflation rate's going to settle in at three, three and a half percent, four, even, but let, let's say three. Let's right. say you can buy two-year note at five, you're getting two percent real, right?" Uh, that seems to be a pretty safe harbor. And the notion that you go six months and you, this, you, you at no point is the stock market going to be down 4%, I i, I, I don't know. It that, that feels like they're giving you a, a, a couple of free peaks. Hey, so, hey. <laughs> you know, the opinions expressed here
1: as long as you're not picking up nickels in front of the steamroller, okay? No, I've
2: seen that. <laughs> I've seen how that ends. This might be a good place to call. It. I'm getting hungry.
1: Yeah, all right, buddy. <laughs> it was fun. This was fun. All right. All thank you. Um, thank you for talking about the 10 year. That really makes a big difference because now when, when people talk about the 10 2 yield curve this week, I can say, oh,
2: <laughs> fucking clown. The 10 2. The how about the, the, the 310?
1: dude they it's 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 comical it's like they don't listen to the show like how can you go out in public and say that these people have half a million followers and you're talking about the 10 three-month curve shut up go away. all right buddy thank you happy yom kippur um, thank you. happy new year i think we got to touch on all of those lovely topics earlier in the
2: show <laughs> have an easy have an easy fast
1: bye